from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Jovis is out today. We'll be back on Monday. Thanks to Anthony Guerra for spending the first hour with us here. Yeah. Baseball playoffs start today. I'm excited, Cox. Uh, uh, I know, you know, Jonathan Rand was the producer. He was a big Braves fan. If you, yeah. if you haven't seen the uh, social media of Rand slapping Mike Ewald with a tortilla, it's quite exciting. Do you have a team? You have a baseball team? Because like, you're a Pittsburgh guy, right? Oh, well, I, Steelers was what was injected into my blood at okay. a very, very young age. Uh, seeing my, my grandfather was a steel worker in the city. Okay. But in terms of baseball, I never really had a team. Growing up, there was a lot of Orioles fans since I grew up in Virginia. There are a lot of Braves fans because the minor league team used to be in Richmond, which is an hour away from where I grew up. So there were a lot of Braves fans because of that. So a lot of split between Orioles and, and A's, or and Braves, I should say. But for a while... Because I didn't have a team, my best friend said, "Hey, you need to choose a team." I'm like, what, all right, I'm gonna go. I'm on? gonna go all just kind of random. This is back in high school. This is like oh one, oh two. I went Detroit Tigers. They lost 121 games that season, <laughs> but I rode with them ever since. So no one could ever accuse you of being a front runner. No, definitely not a bandwagon yeah. fan. So I, I kind of loosely pull for the Tigers, I guess you can say. But my best friend is a Dodgers fan because his father is from Southern California. So he's a big Dodgers fan. So I kind of root for him. There's no such thing as a front-running Tigers fan. Yep. There's no such thing as a front-running NC State fan. Wolfpack ain't for soft people. And this week on the Pack Therapy podcast, lucky enough to catch up with many of the principals involved in NC State's upset of number 3 Florida State back in 2012. But the most memorable character, of you will, the meme from that game was of Jake Robinson celebrating in the student section. Yeah, Big Jake. In this week's episode, Pack Therapy, well, we had a chance to ask all of those pressing questions to Jake Robinson about his memorable moment in the world of memes and fandom. All right, so we talked to Brian Underwood. You know, he caught the game-winning touchdown pass. And obviously, Mike Lennon is the co-host here on Pack Therapy, but the only person anyone really remembers from NC State's 17-16 win over Florida State in 2012 is our next guest, Jake Robinson. Jake, man, it's glorious to see you, first of all. Thank you so much for taking your time with us here. The beard looks good. Yeah, of course. Hair looks good. You look good. I, you know, I feel like maybe I should buy you a drink before I ask you to take your shirt off. <laughs> Um, I mean, we can we can start right now. <laughs> is that a brave shirt? <laughs> it is brave shirt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Brave. See, so he's ready. He's ready. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> all right, man. I, and I know, and I appreciate you because I know you you get a little bit bothered and and asked about this a lot. But I felt like it was nice to reunite you here with uh, Mike Glennon. But just give us your, you know, it's I can't, first of all, can you believe it's been ten years? Uh, no, yeah. <laughs> Makes me uh, feel super old, but that's cool, man. Like, uh, I'm glad uh, it's been been a nice gift for 10 years. You know, every time I go to a wedding, everybody stops and shows me all the gifts they sent to their wedding party about how, you know, rowdy they were going to get that night. And I'm just like, let's go, man. I'm happy <laughs> for you. <laughs> so I was going to say, how often does the gift come up? So you're the guy, so, so everyone knows, you stand up. You're in yeah. front of the student section. There's a poll there for some reason. I still don't know what that poll is. 
Uh, something about a microphone for the cheerleaders or something like that. Okay. Um, so they yeah, could yeah, maybe the cheer for, captain for the... or something. I don't know. But you commandeer yeah. that thing. You're like Jack on the uh, Titanic, you know? Yeah, pretty you, much. You're like got the wings spread. You are ready to go. We're spinning around your head like a <laughs> helicopter. First of all, when did you get the idea to go up there and 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 do that? Uh, so I was trying to find uh, one of my good buddies. I swear I saw him. So I just ran down there. And then, you know, once I got down there, just a red sea of people. So I couldn't find them. So then I was just kind of like, well, now I'm here by myself. And I ran away from everybody. So <laughs> what do I do? And then I wanted to storm the field. I looked down. Some guys just getting just the soul beat out of them. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, they don't want us to storm the field. So I was like, hint taken. So then I see this pole and the the security guy sees me just like oogling over it. And I'm just like staring at this pole and he just looks at me and he goes, don't you do it. And I'm just like, you're right. I won't. And then I started thinking, I was like, what is he really going to do? You know, had a little rebel in me. So, so I hopped on the pole and I was there for a while with my shirt on. And then, you know, at a certain point I was like, this just seems, you know, like primal. I just need to take my shirt off and just, you know, listen to the words of PD Pablo. Uh, that was fantastic. And you talk about legends never die. I mean, I think this gift is going to be around forever, but our good friend, Chris Bullard, who thank shout out to him for setting this up. He told me yeah. that you almost didn't make it to the game. What happened before <laughs> the game where we wouldn't have this infamous, the legend of Jake jams. Yeah. I remember this was when, uh, like honey, Jack Daniels came out and it was, uh, <laughs> awesome. This was, I don't know, it just, just dropped on the market. So we were like, man, this is really, really good stuff right here. Uh, I don't know. But I, I'm never a person that leaves at halftime, but that one game I did, maybe it was more of that honey calling me. I don't know. So I went back to the tailgate for a minute, and, uh, you know, I think it was like 16-3, and, you know, Mike led a great drive, got us in between, you know, got us to six points, and then all of a sudden I was like, holy crap. I was like, it's a one. Like, you can actually win this game now. Um, cause it was, a you know, a defensive battle in the first half. So once it got to six, I mean, as fast as I could run, I was hauling down Trinity, uh, and got back in the student section. And then, uh, you know, that, that fourth quarter drive was just literally like one of the most dramatic, like you can't script that fourth quarter drive. I mean, Mike, we had like what, four, fourth down conversions. I think it was at least three. So like it was such a dramatic roller coaster. So once we finally, you know, got that Underwood catch, like I had to pop off, you know. So it just made sense. So eight o'clock game. What time? What did the Jake Jams really start that day in the in, with the tailgate? Oh, that that's a great question. You have to get a time machine. I'm sure it was at least uh, once the sun was up, somewhere around there. <laughs> <laughs> was it was it only Jack the Honey Jack, or were there? What what would have been your like? Your, oh, I need yeah, a beer well, to pace myself with. What would that have been the? What beer would that have uh, been? Usually the Natty Bush, somewhere in that range, because we got to be economical. Sure. You know? I mean, you were in college, right? Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, just just that, just you know, just to get a little taste, you know. Now I don't want to encourage such things, but I think I could. Not. I think I can remember the drunkest I've ever been in my life. Do you think that was the drunkest you've ever been in your life? Oh, uh, no, 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 <laughs> no, no. I, I was that, no, yeah. 
I would have fallen onto the field. <laughs> uh, it would have my pants would have come off. Like everybody been like, "Oh, give this guy some help." No, no, no. Like we were. <laughs> so the standard is we, we the just, shirts uh, off, but your pants are on. <laughs> exactly. So that's how you know. Pants on, we're okay. Okay. Shirt off, normal day. Jake Robinson joining us here on Pack Therapy. Now listen, <laughs> we remember the Florida State game. Did you go to other games, or you just could not get up to that pole? They decided to put a security guard at the rest of the or at the rest of the games on that pole. Oh, uh, that's a good. That's a good question. Yeah, I don't know. You know, some things are just uh, it's, you know, kind of like lightning striking. You know, we just you don't want to try and repeat it. You know, nobody likes a sequel. You know, we don't want a Godfather three problem. We just you know, we just want you to remember that one gift. You know, if I find another thing cooler to do, you know, I'm up for it. If you find me like a, maybe if I get in the club and like press my, you know, bare chest against the glass, something like that, I'm cool with that. Somebody's got to get me up there. But, you know, we can't have a repeat. It's got to be something better. We got to go, we got to go bigger. So what was the security guy saying to you? Like, you, it looks like you kind of like looked out at him and just like, no. What, what was he trying to say to you? Yeah, it was basically like, uh, well, like I said, he, he saw me eyeing the pole yeah. he immediately tried to shut that down and you know he, he tried uh, i feel bad if i got him in trouble i don't know like somebody was like <laughs> yeah he got it talking to i was like oops my bad but you know he tried his best i just you know kind of i sized him up what do you want me to say like i was like yeah i i think i can we'll be okay i'm yeah. gonna get on this pole obviously you didn't know the camera was gonna be on you how long after was your phone blowing up the rest of the night uh, of people texting you saying you were just on TV doing that. Yeah, that was wild. I texted my cousin and uh, I was just like, was there a chance I was on TV? Cause I was in this certain spot for a while. <laughs> and then he's like, you have absolutely no idea what just happened. And then all of a sudden it was like the floodgates open. <laughs> you know, I had people, you know, that I haven't talked to in years that were just like calling me out of the blue, you know, just like, no way that just happened. So, <laughs> Um, you know, my whole ethos in life is just like, you know, make people happy, give, give people a good time. So, you know, the kind of moment gave everybody that and has given people that for 10 years. So, you know, that's the, the greatest part about it. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. There, there's times where you have interviews and you're, you, you look forward to them and you think, yeah, that it'll turn out great. And it, it fizzles. And then there's times you're like, you know what? That was really good. Jake Robinson, really good stuff. You can always catch that on Pack Therapy, Apple, Spotify, the Googles. Let's now go to Western Boulevard to Chris Lee, W-R-A-L. Yes, that's his day job. His Saturday job is to be on these radio airwaves with Dennis Cox. Culture State, 10 to noon, getting you ready for your football Saturdays. Chris, great to see you in your smiling face. Great to see you in, in your smiling face, too. I mean, it's last time I saw you, you were highly disappointed at the uh, Wi-Fi situation Chris, at Clemson. Chris, so I'm glad to see that you're, you, you're happy today. You have seen me <laughs> in one of the most – I would easily put that as my least – my most frustrated professional moment of my career at 47. It was the most? Wow. Yeah, yeah because, wow. because I expect there to be issues – Early in a season in basketball, let's say. I expect there to be issues. I remember one time I covered a game, basketball game, NC State at St. Bonaventures. They were playing not at St. Bonnie's normal gym, uh, but up in uh, 
some random city in New York and Rochester at like an old hockey rink. I would expect yeah. problems there. Clemson is the class of the ACC and it yeah. regularly hosts important top 25 games, let alone top 10 games. There was right. at, I was in a good mood. Why did you do that? Yeah. Uh, sorry. Sorry. It's just, <laughs> wait, you know, wait it was just interesting. <laughs> it was just interesting to see. Just to give context. To Save me, Cox. Save me. Like, Jillio like <laughs> no, has been like the, the two years, two and a half years I've known him, smiling, you know, just, you know, nice guy. Overall, nothing bad you can ever say about the guy. And then, you know, at Clemson, NC State, this guy is just PO'd to the max. Like, I've never seen him talk like that never seen him like you know look so angry like i try to put my hand on his shoulder to you know kind of massage out the the bad vibes and everything like that and you could just feel the fire coming from him man it, I, it was it was crazy listen I, I was so mad it was jersey was coming out <laughs> i don't understand how that situation was so incompetent i ended yeah. up watching the second half from the press room because that's where my computer worked and i was fine with yeah. it also god bless you chris you got these drunk Clemson fans leaning over, trying yeah. to talk to us, and I am ignoring the hell out of them. You are because I'm like, I have zero interest in this. I'll I'll save some words here, uh, rally if you will uh, that we had before the game, and then or you got you know it's like, uh, are you drinking? That was their that was their oft repeated question. Are you allowed to drink in the press box? Are you drunk? And it's like, no, dude, go away, please. Just enjoy your yeah. game, have fun. I guess we all you don't need MacBook us. Pros and they were asking, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, like what they gave us MacBook Pros oh up there God. and all that. It was uh, so, very interesting. But it, for people out there, Clemson has an open air press box, which so is awesome. That is awesome. Right, it's very awesome. Yes. but you're right behind the student section, so yes. like you have to watch the game over the heads of these drunk Clemson students who are asking you every question in the world and yelling and cursing. And it was, it was a fun time along with the internet not working and Jillio being PO to the max. I, I it was, was just, it was a time. I was on it tilt. Was I was on tilt. Yeah. That, that is, that is the correct <laughs> way to put it. Now, let me, let me find my, my inner peace. <laughs> let, me, let me bring Dennis Cox on here and allow you to, to promote culture state. Radio, which will be happening tomorrow, right here on 99.9 yep. The Fan at 10 o'clock. Where will you guys be this week? Uh, we're going to be in studio. This is a six-week, and this only will be the second time that we'll both be in studio yeah. together. Last week, I we basically had to pre-record some of the show with me doing some of the show on the road going down to Clemson. Um, and so one of the things I'm excited for for this is the fact that, you know, if you guys have been listening, I get a chance to bring back uh, a part of my – past which is as a rapper so i get a chance i do a, a rap verse every saturday so i get a chance to actually do that live in studio um tomorrow which i'm excited for that but i still have to write it i don't know what i'm going to rap about tomorrow yet we'll text uh, about but yeah we'll, we'll 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 text about it. i have an idea where i'm going to go with it but i haven't sat down to actually start writing my rhymes but um it was so hard that first week but now that i'm back into it like during the week i just randomly start thinking of things when i was at the president's cup I, a verse popped in my head and I sent it to Dennis. Like I have this random verse and he was like, man, that was, that was nice. Yeah. So uh, now I, I might have to get back into the booth and, and do like a little EP with Dennis, you know, being my DJ Khaled and just yelling in the background. <laughs> 
I could do that. I'm very good at being a hype man. <laughs> I'm 100% good at being a hype man. Uh, but, yeah, also tomorrow, uh, since Chris is on baby watch, we don't know if he's going to leave randomly during the middle of the show. Yeah, that's another thing, too, yeah. That's so, true. That's something we're looking for. I'm actually – the content on that could be great. Like, all right, Chris, you got to leave right now. I need you to call in while you're driving home because I need some play-by-play of what's taking place. Low-key, I'm hoping that's what happens. I, yeah. I really do hope that, like, I do the first hour of Culture State, my wife gives me a call and says, it's happening. It's time. And I have to leave in the middle of the show and call in and say, you know, the baby is coming right now. Okay. Tune in next week okay. so you can hear her cry. You know what I'm saying? Something like that. Okay. What what needs to happen is either have your wife not not in the heat of the moment, of course, but we could can we could possibly recreate this where you're calling trying to get a hold of Chris Lee mm-hmm. during Culture State Radio and Matt Rule answers the phone. Ah, yes. And has to handle Yes, imagine, the moment. Imagine oh. Matt Rule checking that tape. Either you know? that either that or Matt either that or we get Chris and his family to the hospital, and who has to deliver the baby? Matt Rule. Matt Rule. Oh, that that'd be phenomenal. <laughs> that's that's amazing. Well, I, yeah, that was, that's an amazing idea, right <laughs> now. Yeah. Wait a second. Now, we, now we're on. To we something. gotta take advantage of Dennis and his Matt Rule impersonation while we still have Matt Rule. Because I'm getting worried, yes. Chris. I'm getting worried. You know, and, and maybe maybe you know Matt Rule can check the tape and do a, a tape session. Uh, holding my newborn baby as right. well. That would also right. be some pretty good content. I so. remember I did a story about a high school player once. It was actually the coach. It was the coach. Uh, it was a woman. She was the coach of the team. And she was pregnant during the season. And she, she gave birth. But she couldn't get to the hospital. So she had to deliver her own baby in the in her car. What? It was oh, just wow. great. It, uh, she was at Enloe. It, it was like 20 years ago now, 22 years ago. Great story. Great story. Use the shoelaces, the whole thing, man, the whole thing. Uh, there was someone in the car with her who deliver, helped deliver the baby, but they were on the phone with nine one one, and they, and they had to deliver the baby. In the, I, I don't, I don't even want to speak this into the into the ether right now for you, because wow. I don't want you to have to deliver any babies on the way to the Listen, hospital. But I'm telling if, you, if I have to, I will I'm, find I'm, the story for you. Yeah, I will find the story for you and send it to you. It's great. Great. I want to talk to that kid too. Like, do you yeah, know the kid's that like your all mom... grown up now? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> you're right. You're right. I bet you Lavelle knows. I bet you Lavelle knows the story. I'm, I'm almost, if my memory serves me correct, I'm almost positive this would have been like '98, '99 when I wrote this story for the, the paper way back when. But I'm almost positive it was the Enlo women's basketball coach. So we'll yeah. see how that goes. Hey, what's the bigger game this weekend? Uh, Carolina, Miami, or State, Florida State? Um, I'm going to say Carolina, Miami because um, I think even though Florida state is better this year and um, you know, that is going to be a a good game. I think we kind of already expect NC state to win. And when you're looking at the, the Atlantic, or at least when I do um, it's, it's Clemson. And then who's going to come right behind them. Is it going to be wake forest or, or NC state? And I think that race to number two is going to be between those two teams. So I'm not sure that of course, you know, Florida state can get in the way of that. But when I'm thinking about the, the Coastal, Carolina really has a chance right now with how things are going to potentially win the Coastal if they just kind of do their job. And so I, I think uh, a lot – I'm personally more interested in that game because I'm just assuming NC State is going to win. I'm not assuming Carolina is going to win, but if they do and they take care of business a big hurdle. for the rest of the yeah. season, I mean, my gosh, like could we see a Clemson – 
and uh, Carolina ACC championship game in Charlotte, or if something crazy happens and we're going to see Carolina Wake Forest or Carolina NC State. So um, I'm, so I'm, I'm going to go with Carolina Miami for tomorrow. Drake May is off to a decent start, right? <laughs> yeah, decent. You know, only 19 touchdowns and one interception. Just de- decent. <laughs> no, I, I think I think um, Drake May is uh, putting up some really big numbers, and I wouldn't be surprised if he at least gets into the Heisman talk at the end of the season. I don't think he'll actually win it because Carolina, I don't think, could as a team, could get him there. But wouldn't be surprised if his name is being brought up in the conversation well, if what he did, keeps up with it this way. What did Kenny Pickett do last year to get into the conversation? I mean, put up huge numbers, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But, I mean, yes, Pitt ended up winning the ACC, but yeah, he was in the conversation before they won the ACC championship game. I mean, it's possible. Yeah. There, there's a there's a path there. While we're exactly. not used to seeing Heisman contenders in the triangle, 19 touchdowns and one interception, that's no yeah. – in, in five games? Is it five? Right. Yeah, uh, five games and then just that's ridiculous. what, like – six yards shy of 1600 yards or something like that yeah. total like i mean yeah he's and and this is somebody i gotta shout out josh graham for this because he's the one that pointed it out to me he was also saying if you compare his season to the 2016 season for lamar jackson back when he was at louisville he is on pace to keep up with those numbers and i can't remember how many yards lamar jackson but had but he had something like 50 51 52 total touchdowns yeah. that year um, you know, maybe Drake May can get close to that. Like, and that's it's not out of the realm of possibility, especially if the uh, Carolina's offense is still clicking the way it is. So, I think that's why I'm looking at tomorrow's game as something pretty big. Um, you know, Miami has slipped a little bit, but you could make the argument that outside of Notre Dame, this is going to be the toughest test uh, for Carolina this year. So, especially if they, um, you know, take care of business. Man, it could make things very interesting as far as like who could potentially win the Coastal. Chris Lee, WRL, catch him on Football Friday tonight for sure, but also tomorrow, 10 to noon on Culture State Radio, 99.9 The Fan right here. Chris. And, and follow follow me now on social media, especially Instagram, because when Baby Watch comes, I'm putting, every, I'm putting everything out. Are you? For real. Like, so you can, I mean, not everything. <laughs> I was going to say, not your wife's okay with that? Not, not everything, <laughs> but you, you'll be able to see like, at least leading up to the moments and then the after moments. But perfect. Uh, there's certain things that myself I probably won't be able to stomach looking at. Perfect. Uh, but, yeah. All right. All right, Chris. Appreciate you, man. See you tomorrow right here on 99.9 The Fan. Great to see you smiling right now, Jerry. Thank, thank you. <laughs> yeah, Cox, uh, I was not happy in, in the least bit. And it really had nothing to do with NC State's performance on Saturday. I was so frustrated with the Wi-Fi situation at Memorial Stadium. It was too bad, too. It was the first time I've been to a night game there, and the atmosphere was uh, was fantastic. And they have the, the new LED lights. This is the new thing. Everybody's got LED lights. I don't know. I'm just getting older and yelling at clouds and as I cover more and more football seasons in my 40s. This is the OG. I'm Joe Giglio. Joe Elvis is out today. I'll be back on Monday. And you know what? It's Friday, so we got to check in with our our good friend, Bamani Jones, ESPN, HBO. The podcast is called The Right Time. Bo, where are you, man? You're in Orlando? I'm in sunny Orlando, Florida, on the way to the airport. Okay. You had big news this week. Congratulations to you. Yeah. That like telling people you still got a job. <laughs> well, a pretty good job at that. But, I mean, uh, yeah. you know, in this but, business, man. <laughs> it's just the wildest thing, though, and I always attribute it to being a function 
of the fact that we talk about other people's money all the time that anybody cares about, like, I still have a job. Like, either one day I'm going to not be there or not, you know? Yeah. It's tough. Listen, uh, big basketball news before we get to any of the NFL stories. Draymond Green, do you think he was justified after being taunted by his teammate Jordan Poole by, by calling him triple single? Well, I would I would guess that since nobody else thinks that he's justified, that he is not justified. Mm-hmm. Like That's the biggest thing about it to me is that nobody who seems to be involved in this thinks that he was in the not wrong here, right? Like Jordan Poole, he talked cash, right? Let's right. not get that twisted. He is a noise talker. That's what everybody knows him for. However, if you look at how that played out, nobody thought that this was something that was going to lead to a fight. Nobody did. Do you think it's more about the the contract, Bo, and that you know Pool is get, is working on the extension, and that you know Jeremiah Green is they've been to, has been told you're going to have to play out this season before we give you a new deal? Well, do you think I it ultimately know, comes down to that, or do you think there's more I, to it? Yeah, I think that just about everything that happens with that team this year, a lot of it is going to come down to contract situations. And I think that people need to look at it and think about it in this way. The young boys want minutes and they want money. And the old dudes want minutes and they want money. And so if you're Jonathan Kaminga, who you got to remember was the number one player coming out of high school. Right. That dude, that dude's not trying to ride the oak. And what do you think they took him for? They took him to replace Draymond Green. Like some combination of he, Wiseman, and Looney are supposed to replace Draymond Green. Draymond ain't stupid. He knows that. And so this is going to be, I think, a simmering tension as it goes, especially let's say Clay Thompson is not looking anywhere near like people think Clay Thompson is supposed to look in spite of these severe injuries that he had in his late 20s and early 30s. Jordan Poole wants those minutes. Like Jordan Poole is trying to get that. So they've tried to do this thing where they build for the present, I mean, play for the present and build for the future at the same time. But the future thinks it's the present. At which point, what do you do? Well, the way that Poole played in the pivotal games in the NBA Finals, too. I mean, they don't they don't win those finals without Poole. No, and the thing is, if you ask Draymond Green, you don't win without him either, even though he looked unplayable at points. But when he did look playable, like that game six, you see why he's there. So what I think is going to be tricky for them is Draymond Green is more valuable to the Warriors than he is to anybody else. Yes. But he's not max valuable to them at this point. Also, keep in mind, Andrew Wiggins' contract is about to be up. Clay Thompson. His contract is not up for two years, but he's going to be up for an extension next year. Like, they got a lot that they got to try to balance. Bamani Jones, ESPN, HBO, joining us here on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. I'm Joe Giglio. Joe Ovis is out today. And, Bo, the other big story in the basketball world is, man, I, I have have we seen what the future looks like in Victor Wembanyama after just two games against G League opponents? So I've never seen a player of his age, at least post LeBron James, who has wowed everybody like he has. But I think we're getting a slightly different introduction to him than we had gotten before because this is somebody that the league can kind of push in the way that Scoot Henderson is playing for that G League Ignite team. So the league can kind of push him. Like, Wimbanyana has an agent, right? Yeah. Like, we don't have to pretend like this dude is an amateur or anything at this point. And he's out here to sell himself. And he looks literally like nothing we've ever seen before. Like, this is going to be something. The question, of course, is going to be, name the seven foot four player that's ever stayed healthy. Right. Good luck with that. And we have already seen Chet Holmgren, a smaller version, albeit, but still a guy who could shoot at that size, who's now going to be sitting out this whole 
NBA season. So that that's the real key there is for Wembenyama. Can he stay healthy? I, would you tank for him? Uh, I mean, you're the Hornets. I, you're the Hornets, and and you have no chance at winning the NBA title. But you do have a pretty special point guard. Would you tank for him? Yeah, I have a fundamental disagreement just with the idea of the tank, and I don't think the odds are good enough now with the way that yeah. they do the draft lottery to like really make it worth it um, for you to decide to do that. But whoever gets them, it's going to be a big, big, big win. Now, if you want to make the argument, you could also get Henderson if you wind up at, like, number two. Like, I think if you want to talk about tanking in this day and age, you're going to have to tell me that there's, like, some cluster at the top where I feel like even if I land at three or four, I'm going to wind up being okay. But the last time we thought that there was a draft that looked like that was 2014 when we thought Andrew Wiggins and Jabari Parker were going to be superstars, and it turned out the dude with the messed up back was the one that you needed to take. But even after taking him, you couldn't play him for two years. Pomani Jones joining us here on the OG and Bo. The big story after last night in the NFL, the Thursday night games have not been good. For the most part, the, the NFL this first month hasn't really been that great either. But the big talk with the injuries we saw last week with Tua Tungavailoa, then last night we see with Naheem Hines taking a, uh, taking a big hit to the head, and then the way that he got up, I mean, there, there's no way to take – they've tried. Gosh, they've tried, but there's no real way to take the violence out of football, is there? No, no. I mean, you're talking about making a safer cigarette, right? Like, that's always been the best analogy that I've heard about it. You're, you're not going to be able to make this game safer. And the truth is, you make it too safe, it all of a sudden becomes less compelling, right? Like, we can't ignore that part, that the violence is part of the attraction. And I don't think people want to be honest. Um, about that fact. We are here in part because it is so violent. Now, it's a vastly different game than it used to be. Like, when you think about this, can you name a receiver who gets all his props for his willingness to go over the middle? No, because going over the middle doesn't mean the same thing anymore, right? It right. gets you more passing yards, but it also honestly makes things a little bit less compelling. So it's always going to be violent. We're always – you usually have to make a decision. Is this what you want to do? Which is interesting. Some people can't do it with boxing, right? But once they do it with boxing, you ain't never heard nobody say, man, I think they need to start wearing headgear out there in professional <laughs> right. boxing. Not right. a soul has said that because that's not what you're here for. Well, you, you know what you're getting yourself into. That's for sure. Actual performance-wise, we've talked about how, in my opinion, the knives are out for Russell Wilson this year, and he hasn't been good for the Denver Broncos. Is there more to some of the backlash against him? Because I don't know if you heard Richard Sherman last night or not, but my goodness, he was triggered after Denver uh, ended up losing that game in overtime last night. I mean, I was not able to see the game because one of these interesting things about the new streaming world order is I'm in a hotel and Amazon Prime's app tells me, oh, got a problem. I want to talk to Amazon about it, right? right. Um, you know, like this is a whole new thing in uh, trying to get this done. But I know Richard Sherman showed up to work waiting to do something like that. Yes. He's been waiting to do something like this yes. for 11 years. Yes. But I get it when it's Richard Sherman. What has stunned me, like I saw the Kyle Brandt thing mm -hmm. um, on the NFL Network, it's those people. Like, I've been making the observations about this, and, you know, I can say this here if people understand it. I'd love to know what uh, T.O.B. thinks of everything that right. has shaken out. Right. But it is wild that the turn on Russell Wilson for being what he has been for all this time in terms of personality has all come at this moment. And look, Broncos, they got a choice. If this doesn't work this year, they got to fire the coach. You put all this money on this quarterback, and we know this quarterback is capable of doing things. And you still see moments where he's able to do it. But I just, I never expected people to be so gleeful 
about the fact that a Hall of Fame quarterback is not playing well. And maybe it's because he's becoming a bit overexposed and we see him more this year than we ever did when he was with Seattle. But I'm thinking of how high his Q rating is with everybody in C State when he left Raleigh and then looking at how he has been viewed by everybody in every place he's been since. It's, I mean, maybe not Wisconsin because he almost took the national championship. But it's been strange. Yeah. Do you think it's as simple as the lack of success so far with Denver? Like that, because you said the personality hasn't changed, but I guess what has is he hasn't had success on the field. Here's what I think has happened, though, with the personality is he has added um, a couple of characters to the mix. Okay. Right? And like suddenly you hear this guy that, like, I think you see the GQ Rolling Stone, like one of those type of magazines that a few drummers Russell Wilson about four or five years ago. And one of the things that they noted was basically that all his friends were white. Like everybody around him was white. I'm not offering that as a judgment. Right. I'm offering that as a counterpoint to a character that we have seen from Russell Wilson lately that we really didn't see before. Yeah. Right. Like the voice goes into places that people hadn't seen it before. And people have identified him in their metrics as being a phony. And that's something that people can't let slide. I'm not saying what he is or isn't, but I am saying what people seem to think of him. Well, I know someone who's definitely not a phony. That's Bamani Jones. Congrats on your new deal with ESPN. Looking forward to Game Theory on HBO. And appreciate you taking some time for us this week. All good, man. I'll talk to you soon. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.